Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. When I was 12 years old, I became a Jack Nicholson superfan. This happened almost overnight on an evening in February 1997 when I first saw The Shining. Here's Johnny! In those 20 plus years, I never stopped being a Jack superfan. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Get ready for You Don't Know Jack, hosted by me. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Hello and welcome to Throwing Jabs Podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined as always by my man Jared Jones and Joe Aguirre. And we got a juicy show for you. We're obviously going to recap last week's fights. We got a break, a bit of breaking news. A great, great who you got this week. Should be a good, good conversation. As well as we're previewing this week's fights. Let's start off with the... With last week's fight, let's start in the UFC. Glover Teixeira secures a rear naked choke submission victory over Thiago Santos. Jared, what did you think of this fight? Uh, great fight. Teixeira looks good. Just turned 41. That, that was impressive. I picked Santos. Uh, number one contender. Can we agree this is one of the baddest men on the planet, even at 41? There's a follow-up. If you're if you're a fan of scrub scraps, know that we won a fight that this guy has to this point lost. Mixed martial arts are still illegal and unregulated by state athletic commissions in New York, Connecticut, Montana, and Alaska. Um quote. Having been in Connecticut since 1999, I can tell you MMA is a very popular sport here as it is all over the world. Ironically, I sit in my living room in Danbury. I watch it MMA on television, can buy it on pay-per-view. I can watch it on restaurants and bars across Connecticut. I can go to martial arts gyms throughout the state and train and complete in MMA. And I can attend live events in nearby and at Mohegan Sun and Foxwood casinos. But I cannot participate in a supervised and regulated live event here in Connecticut. I would love to have the opportunity to participate in events someday here in my home state of Connecticut, Glover Teixeira, May 2013. Scrub Scraps has gotten approved to have legal sanction events. And thus far in this state... MMA has not, a fight that Glover Teixeira has ultimately personally been a part of for almost a decade. Damn. And good fight. Yeah, and he, he a title shot. Sure. <laughs> He's 41. Yeah, I mean, give him a shot. Do it. Yes. All right. Great fight by Teixeira. 
and and I do. I love Santos. I told you guys I love Santos. But for me, anytime you've got a well-rounded guy with knockout power, uh, got the good uh, good ground game. That's that's always going to be the guy I go with, no matter what the odds say. We talk about Styles all the time, and to share, it seems like he's going to get a shot now. It was nice to see Dana White uh, actually admit that he got something wrong, or maybe didn't know it all. It was nice that he was willing to listen. Teixeira has won five in a row, 10 out of his last 13. This guy holds the all-time UFC records for submissions and, and finishes in the light heavyweight division. Sounds like a guy who certainly has earned his way in the heavyweight division. Not to mention, Santos TKO'd Jan Blakowicz at UFC Fight Night 145. So to yeah. me, it makes sense. If you beat the guy that beat the guy, that, that, that seems like that would be the guy then. Plus, if Teixeira beats Jan... I'll tell you what, I would love to see him and Chubby Adesanya fighting uh, in, in that division because I'll tell you what, I'm not guaranteeing it, but the Portuguese man of war, I think he would have the skill set and the, and the wherewithal to slow Adesanya down, who would obviously be at a bigger weight, take him down uh, and, and, and do what most people can't do, and that's get your face beat in by Israel Adesanya. So, and you think Teixeira is a greater threat to Adesanya at that weight class than Blockwich? Yep, dude. Just think, think about what okay. the fight might look like. Because okay. again, you're talking about two strikers, two strikers with Adesanya and and Blockwich. Oh, I agree, and Adesanya right. has the skill set advantage from that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Just to, to me, I like that. I would like it to. I like that Teixeira matchup. A with 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 Jan because I, I I think that'd be a great fight. Down the line, though, I would love to see him fight Adesanya. I'm telling you, we talk about this all the guy where where these these Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys they don't want to go down. I I I for the life of me, I don't get it. And and this is a good example where Tashira shows you where having the skills, having the threat of being able to knock you out is only heightened by if, if you're worried about takedowns. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, and, and again, so when you have that that power punch, and I'm, I, you know, you've seen it a million times, where where you know they start to get a little, they're expecting the the takedown, and they get they get you know they get the lights put out. So I think this guy's got the right skill set. Whether he could beat Adesanya again, I'm not saying he would would beat him. I just think that his approach would be the one that I would be like maybe yeah. because well, no, otherwise yeah. no one's got a shot. I always go to to uh, Maidana. I don't know why, but in my head, I go to Maidana. He fought Broner, and then he got a shot against Mayweather. And and for me, it drew a blueprint of what you do when the guy has better boxing skill than you. When the guy would outpoint you every round for four hours if they left you out there and you just boxed with him the whole time, here's what you do. You throw 182 punches every 45 seconds then you take a five second rest and do it again <laughs> and you stay on top of the guy you cut off the ring you try to maul him and everything within the legal limits aside from you know the headbutts and low blows and the way joe got his six losses on his uh build a build a career guy you know outside of that stuff <laughs> you go in and you get it done. And I think if somebody's going to beat Adesanya, that's how they're going to do it. And I I also would agree that Teixeira has a better chance of taking that approach. By the way, my brother was upset. I told that story until I started telling it, and then he loved it. He was happy to hear it. Yeah, had a good, good laugh about that. Um, yeah, again, I, just, I think Teixeira could really give 
Adesanya a fight. It, it, and and yeah, I think anybody who watches Israel Adesanya and who loves this guy has to always be thinking these fights. How come nobody like again, we talk about Holly Holm and why anybody would try to go toe to toe with the best female boxer of all time. Why am I fighting a guy with, with you know, 75 kickboxing fights in his that that's not the guy I'm standing with. And for some reason, all of these goofballs go at it. That's their game plan. It doesn't work. You know, and as, as, listen, as for Santos, you know, his fight against Blockowitz was a, a really great fight. And he seemed to really frustrate uh, Jan with, because again, Jan just likes to bring it. And, and Santos wasn't having any of that. Um, and eventually Jan got a little sloppy, came in and Santos dropped him. Not, yeah. a, not, a, not a, you know, these Which things happen. Striker is always possible. Yeah. Strikers strike, and 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 it's and it's always there. Strikers if you want to striking, strikers be striking. <laughs> if, if you want a real fight, you're going to need a guy who's not afraid to get down on the ground. And no one's beating Israel Adesanya standing there. Not not for another ten years at least. No, and if if Teixeira does get the belt, he he deserves that super fight with Adesanya, like. This guy, he had to sit out. He had to sit out years of his career trying to get to the UFC due to visa issues. In his prime, he wasn't fighting in the UFC, even though the UFC really, really wanted him to. But now he's come. He's older. He's had some bumps along the way, but now he's building up his resume. He's got his resume. He's on the streak. He deserves this. If anyone deserves it, he deserves it. And I'm excited to see, and I'm glad Dana, the Adesanya going for another belt, that's going to make you a bunch of money. That's a money fight, no matter who's it against. But the the fact that Dana White is looking back and saying, all right, I'm going to give this guy the shot. He knows he deserves it. And uh, that's a big move uh, for Dana White and promoters. When boxing and the UFC nowadays is all about money, and not really about the best taking on the best, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's a undefeated world champion. Yeah, so I'm excited for this fight to be made. It's great to see Teixeira. And, and I mean, we all pick Santos, really. But, like, coming off that knee I, injury. I wasn't good. <laughs> I, wasn't I didn't pick Santos. Uh, just so we're all clear. Him. I said I thought Teixeira was going to do exactly what he did. Um I like, again, this is what I said. I like Santos. I would take Santos against most anybody. I wouldn't take him against Teixeira because I knew Teixeira could do this. Hey, I'm I'm the fight guy. And if we start keeping track of predictions, we should like start now because Joe, you have been hands down smoking me. It's been, it's been good weeks. lately. I've been on a run. I wasn't, I wasn't going to say anything, but now that we're talking about it, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like I have to say it. I'm keeping track at home. Don't worry okay. about it. Scoring okay. at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of scoring, boy, Devin Haney outscored dominantly decisive decision over Eurikis Gamboa. Jared, what are your thoughts? Um, man, it sucks that this was a boring and predictable fight. It really sucks that it was that predictable and that boring. Um, 
because Gamboa's a good fighter, and this is a fight that made sense for Haney. You know, we 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 all saw this coming, but it's the type of fight where it's a trap fight, you know, where Gamboa's going to give a lot of guys fits and just didn't. We didn't think he would. He didn't. Haney Garcia's the fight I want to see, man. Ryan Garcia Whoa. and Devin Haney's the fight I want to see. This, this, this kid can fight. And yeah, it was, like I said, uh, I, I outstandingly predictable, like, um, like beyond that. We, oh, this is what we said. Yeah. Yeah. Snooze Take fast. a nap. Yeah. Wait, show me the highlights and wake me up. When it's now, last week I did say he's more moneymaker or more money Mayweather than he is pretty boy. Okay, that that's that's what you're getting out of this stable. Uh, he totally proved my point when I said that. And I think a, a bigger issue for him is he's been having a tough time uh, making lightweight. Probably going to have to move up to the welterweight division. And I think you've noticed that the lack of punching power. Well, let's just say Bud Crawford and Josh Taylor. It's going to be an issue, uh, I think, for Mr. Haney going forward. Um Good fight here. Certainly uh, handled uh, Gamble was a great fighter. But, you know, look, I we'll be previewing a couple more fights before the show is over. And uh, there are elite guys in this sport. Then there are the guys just under them. And then there's everybody else. And those guys, and Haney's going to be in, in, in that spot for me right now. Um, that spot just underneath. Kind of like a Kel Brook. You're not, you could play with the big boy. You're not going to beat him. You could fight him and give him a match and you'll beat everybody else. You're not going to beat the elite guys because you're, you're just not elite enough. No. And, and, and this, this dude's is, been this running is, from Romachenko. The Mayweather hype machine. You protect all these guys. You, you know, they're 18 and 0 with 17 knockouts. Get them a title fight. And then we're going to what? Dodge people to your 30? Yeah. We, we, no, I, I don't remember how many times on this show since we started about a year ago, we've spoke about Haney needs to fight Lomachenko. Lomachenko needs to fight Haney. And now look, look what happened with Lopez stepping in. Now, now that fight is not as desirable. But now Haney needs to fight Lopez. And guess what? He probably won't do it because that's just the way boxing works, which sucks. But, yeah, as far as this fight goes, it wasn't spectacular. This isn't a fight. Like, if this were pay-per-view, no one's buying this fight. It sucks. But uh, it is. I need to see him against a tough test. A tough, and whether that's moving up, going for another belt, whether that's going against Lopez, whether that's going against Lomachenko, you, you really got to prove yourself. Lopez would, Lopez would destroy Haney. No, no doubt in my mind. Having having watched these last few, no, there's Haney has a five percent chance of winning in my book. You have to prove yourself and just be in whoever the promoter throws in front of you. That's not proving yourself. But uh, that's going to be it for recapping fights. Let's move on to some current events. Big news: the UFC 256 headlining bout between women's bantamweight and featherweight champ Amanda Nunes and Megan Anderson is called off due to Nunes having an undisclosed injury. 
So instead, the UFC 256 will be headlined by Peter Yan versus Al Jermaine Sterling. What do you think of this news, Jared? Uh, I like the fight they replaced it with, but man, I wanted to see. Ah, uh, man, I just want to see somebody challenge Nunes. I want to yeah. see somebody challenge her. She's she's so piece. Yeah, dude, this is such a bummer, man. And uh, Megan Anderson, by the way, showed a lot of love and respect uh, to the champ on Twitter, uh, telling her she hopes she gets better quick. Um, and and yeah, I, this this was going to be a good match. Uh, Anderson's a former champion. She did lose to Holly Holm by decision in one of her first fights uh, in, in UFC. She's won her last two, a first-round submission and a first-round knockout uh, at U- UFC Fight Night 169. It got her the performance of the night bonus. This fight is definitely going to be rescheduled from what they're saying, and yeah. Nunez is definitely going to win whenever that happens. But it'll be a great fight. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. you you, you got to pick this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if Holly Holm can out-wrestle you and – Demolish you on the ground. A black belt in jujitsu will have, and that's if it goes to the ground, and you don't get knocked out by the women's Mike Tyson. That is Amanda Nunes. This is probably the best thing that's happened to Megan Anderson this year. (laughs) (laughs) This year, that's it. In 2020, this is, this is tops. Like you this had the bout, year. that was great. You're not going to get beat up in 2020. You'll get to do it next year. Not you bad. Signed it. It looked like you wanted to. It's like yes. that guy you knew could beat you up. Yeah, yeah. But you went in there and you got a couple off, and then you got separated just in time. And it, this is good for it. her too I because the. Look, the longer ready. this delay goes, the longer, and especially if they're gonna, they're just gonna reschedule it. Megan Anderson's name stays out there, as yes, as when yeah, Nunes comes back until this fight happens. Yes, and her relevancy would have ended much sooner if not for whatever <laughs> this injury is. This is great news. Yeah. Yeah, All right, I, I have a question though. If you say you are in the corner of Megan Anderson. How do you? What is her best way to win this fight? Jared? Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna let you handle that one, Joe. I thought it was, I thought it was. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm pretty I was sure he was talking to you. Either way, either way. I was gonna say this is a great idea. Just not have Nunez show up. Um, or, or I this think is uh, one way not to lose. Sure, we've seen a, another really, uh, a really great style where you just hug the other guy's arms for the whole fight. <laughs> If he can't, if he can't move, he can't punch me. Well, then that's it. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Clinch game, all the way in or all the way out. Like I say, when somebody's you know a little outgunned, you want to stay far enough away where she can't touch you and be circling and stuff. And if you get into cor- close quarters, be on top of her so she can't do any damage. If there's a blueprint, I think as boring as it is, that's probably it. Also. If she hits you hard and it hurts, don't react by saying, you know what, I'm just going to throw hands for 30 seconds and see what happens because you're already done. Don't try to get the punch back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It hurt. Take a few steps back. Run around or dance around a ring a little bit. You know what I mean? But 
Yeah, don't yeah, I mean don't, don't stand I, in the pocket and think you're gonna start exchanging like maybe I'll maybe I'll land a haymaker. You're not. Yeah, yeah. you I'm I'm sure you guys saw the uh, the documentary American Murder. I mean, it's one of like a million examples I could give. But um, this is where like I could draw a blueprint for for Anderson to win. But you know, I feel like that criminal defense attorney that knows the guy's guilty and everybody knows the guy's guilty and you're drawing up a defense for it it's got, as an activity. It's it doesn't seem to have a lot of value. something just occurred to me, actually. Um, maybe if you're maybe for Megan Anderson, maybe you could see if Mark Breland will drug Amanda Nunes' water bottle. <laughs> Certainly could I help. Tanya Harding's available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Undisclosed injury. Yeah. <laughs> Don't drink uh, the water, Amanda. Don't do it. Um, Maybe uh, honestly, Fury to put a gypsy spell on. <laughs> there oh. are ways, Jace. That's all we're saying is if you have if you no. have this brainstorm yeah. long enough. <laughs> No, but I, I think you guys are missing a pretty big way in Megan Anderson's six foot. If she uses that range, you, you know Nunez is a power puncher. She's going to be looking to get inside and land that. If you can use that range, which, I mean, on paper it's all good, but say you <laughs> use your range, you throw a kick, you're getting taken down most likely. So on paper you use the range. Maybe you can outpoint her. Maybe you can – Win the technical game, but th th that would be my best bet if I were I were in the corner of Megan. But sure, I mean, look, I don't want to be. Yeah, like, everybody's got everybody's got a guilty. game plan. This another one, right? She does the Muay Thai, she does the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and then as you just mentioned, got out wrestled by Holly Holm. Does that inspire me to think she's going to bring her A game against the Men Nunes whenever the opportunity arises? No. Not at all. <laughs> but again, look, look, you've got the skill set. So utilize it. If you utilize your abilities, if Amanda's rocking your boat and you take her down and you start doing your, your ah, you make some things happen. But again, everybody's tendency is, you know what, Jared, actually, I, I want to ask you this question. Because this just, uh, I asked my brother this. We were researching, uh, we had a nice research meeting with Jace yesterday. And the, the question came up. This idea, we talked about this with, with Ronda Rousey decided, right, she was going to try to outbox Holly Holm. As a fighter, Jared, is it more important to you to win how, by any means necessary? Or is it a bigger thing if I knock out a knockout guy, even though I'm not? Um, most of us start the game as the latter and transition our way to the former. <laughs> but is it, um, so let me ask you this, no, is it, no, is it, I, I have to person. lose a fight or two before I can appreciate and see things differently? And build other ways to win. And isn't that why boxing such a great life lesson? Here I go back to the psychology is that we, we, we take that loss and then we have to adjust to that loss. We have to do something different. We know we're not the biggest, the baddest, the best. Nobody's ever going to punch us. We're going to knock everybody out. 
you know, unless we're ready to go Deontay Wilder, we've got to face the facts that there's going to be somebody better some days, you know, and I think it, it really depends on the individual. Some people, a hard, a hard head makes for a soft ass, Papa used to tell me, you know, so maybe it takes a fight or two, maybe a lot more than that. Um, I was never much of a traitor, but I don't have that much of that, that, that uh, type of personality. You know, people kind of fight based on their personality. You know, you can tell a lot about somebody boxing with them or, or, you know, playing chess. When you get to a certain space where you've done it enough times, you see, you know, you notice the difference between passive and aggressive when you're in the ring with somebody. So um, I was always uh, very boring. I'm trying to hit without getting hit and institute the art of boxing. And if you don't appreciate you know, if you think Floyd Mayweather ran from Manny Pacquiao, you don't understand the sport of boxing. You don't appreciate the art and what we're trying to do in there. So, uh, especially at Scrub Scraps, people would see these exciting fights where people couldn't weren't that keen on defending themselves. And then I would have this boring fight that they thought was going to be really exciting. Well, no, I'm going to do enough to win. I don't, you know, excitement and. It's all free. I don't need, I didn't even have to worry about ticket sales. <laughs> yeah. We never, we never gave or took a penny for it, you know? So, uh, so it was something I never, you know, the level of excitement and the fandom and the shares, I, I'll get the win and all of that stuff. We can worry about another time. All right. George Foreman ducked one person in his career. Do you know who that person was? Jerry Quarry. This has come out of George's own mouth. The, the style to him didn't look right. He knew he would be exposed in a fight with Jerry Corey, and he dodged him his entire life. I can't beat that guy. I'm not not that I not that that guy's better than me. Yeah. That guy's style and my style, that's not a good fight for me. Mm. The chances of me losing that fight are better than I'd I'd like to I'd like to take in a fight. Yeah. So you got to be smart. I think when, when you're in these fights, you know, again, to me, and I, I don't want to jump the gun here, but if, if I'm the best pound for pound champion in the world, I want to knock you out quick as I can. If I'm an up and comer, if I'm a young guy or somebody has to prove something, I want to, that's hilarious. I, I did, didn't I, Julianne? I got him for once. But the secret sister, Julianne Jones, is my brother was the one that actually gave me that pocket info. So it's actually the Joneses versus the Aguirres total. And if Jerry needs some help, you gotta he throw something in here, sis. Now could always gotta, phone a friend. Um, you, you just look out with you, a Jerry Quarry. Uh, <laughs> Little Jerry Corey reference on the show today, everybody. Yeah, uh, again, you you got you got to be smart, and you have to understand that you know. Uh, uh, again, if you're trying to knock out the greatest fighter in your generation, and you're bringing it like, I, I mean, again, I, I don't want to jump the gun. Well, well, I'll wait till we preview the fights to get to it, and and you'll understand what I'm talking about. I I, I just see an opportunity for Kel Brook that I think he's going to waste. All right. And I'll tell you why when we get there. It, it, right. It'll build into the greater psychology and literally what I was just asked Jared about. Is I'm really curious because that's that's been in my mind all week. Yeah. 
Like, can you no. just beat me? Or do you have to try to beat me at my own game to really like, yeah, I got him. I showed him what's that, up. Well, and that's something that's inherent in everyone, I think. That desire to um, um, art of war, crush your opponent completely. Even the phoenix rose from its own ashes. Come back and kick the ashes. You know, that's a, I think that savage part that I like to talk about is <laughs> that's inside of all of us. And when I say I don't really have that personality type and I'll get the win today and look good tomorrow and affirming dominance is not really something I feel like that's the spot for. Um, but there's so many people that do. I had a guy definitely not mentioning any names lied about his weight uh, 20 plus pounds. And it was it was the scrub scrap. We got a scale. So we hadn't had a scale before that. Um, the kid he fought was 38 pounds lighter than him, what I thought he was. And he had an amateur boxing career. Now, what he didn't know was I'd done some homework on him and the guy he was fighting had two MMA fights and was a pretty badass kid in his own. Anyways, they have a great fight, but he's trying to tear this kid's head off. Like everything that we've said to each other. Me to him has been ignored, you know. We're not we're not trying to kill each other, you know. And he comes in 225, said 185. It's the whole thing was uh scrub scraps worst nightmare. You know, <laughs> somebody comes in, says they get the point, has experience, is trying to kill someone in the ring, you know. Um <clears throat> and not something I'd have had either guy back for. Um that's that's so important to some people. I think my experience in life, and like you say, sometimes it takes an ass whooping or two. I think that when you have that experience in life, if you've been in the ring with professional fighters, if you've you know been in eight or nine of the state's prisons and you've seen all the baddest dudes, fake and real baddest dudes, you know, out there, um, you kind of find a spot to fit in. And <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you know, whether I'm dominant or I'm not trying to climb that chain and find out exactly where I fit anymore. There was a time. And then I fought Chad Dawson. I had to think things over. Honestly, it was, you know, you're at the top of your game. How much better are you going to get? 25 years old, training six, seven hours a day. How much better are you going to get than you are right now? And Chad is still at about a five. Yeah. <laughs> and kicking my ass. Like, I, it wasn't, it was. So, how far do I want to? I realized that my level was, you know, as I say sometimes, depending on the fanfare you can create. If you can't create fanfare, you'll have to fight better fighters. It's the only sport that's like that. Boxing is literally the only sport that's like that. That if you can gain celebrity, you don't necessarily have to fight guys that are badass. That your record at the end of the day. And I didn't see myself creating a lot of fanfare or beating a lot of upper echelon guys. So I'm, you know, a 27 and 8 guy who has trouble thinking late in my life. I decided not to go that route. 
<laughs> made sense to me at the time. But it took that, it took getting to my peak and really trying. And most of those guys that you're talking about in the real world, it's because they've never tested themselves. It's because they don't know the feeling of defeat or even a fight. Some of the some of the baddest dudes I know. I'm not sure they've ever been in a fight. So it's relative to the individual and their experience for sure. All right. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but let's move on to who you got this week, the UFC draft. So let's uh, start things off. We're going to go round by round, serpentine style. But first we need to figure out the order. Jared, myself, then Joe, and then we'll come back around the other way. UFC draft. Shepner. Love it. <laughs> uh, all right. You're the GM. You're Dana White. Round one is heavyweights. Who are you picking, Jared? Oh, I get the first pick. Yeah. Oh, give me. Oh, God, I hate to even say that. You know what? Fedor. I didn't want heavyweight. I'll be honest. I didn't want heavyweight. I didn't want the one. See, this is a problem here, Jared. This is a UFC draft. When is Fedor oh. fought in the UFC? Oh. No, hold on a minute. Jared, real quick. Yesterday, we we had we I told you we had a little production meeting here yesterday, and I did ask Jace. I said, "Dude, man, you always get me with these things because there's no criteria on it. This is literally, yeah. Uh, anyone who fought in that weight class in the UFC is eligible to be the selection. That's a hint. anybody, but That's a hint. but what he doesn't say too is is it's not necessarily you can't you defend Chuck your Liddell. guy. It's not you Chuck Liddell in his guy. prime. Like you gotta make your pick on All right, your guy. I want Stepe. You want Stepe? Give me Stepe. All right, all right. That made my job a lot easier because I was gonna have to put my heart over my brain with my pick, but I'm gonna do it. My favorite fighter of all time, Kane Velasquez. Give me him. Am I allowed to have? To, I had Stepe as well. <laughs> now you gotta. Do he's I gotta go board. Ah, oh, jeez, man. Ah. Uh, I, I I wasn't expecting this snake draft. Come on. Ah. Uh, maybe I'll go. Thank I think I got notes. I I'm, I'll go Daniel Cormier. I like that. I like. I'll that. take Cormier. That was my three. But now coming back around I'm round two, you're number one, Joe. Who's your light heavyweight? Oh, come on. Bones, baby. John Bones Jones. No no yep. doubt about it. All right. And if you're picking John Jones, I'm going to pick the one person that was so dominant, but he just couldn't beat John Jones. Daniel Cormier is my light heavyweight pick. All right. All right. Uh, took my line heavy. <laughs> oh, give me Chuck Liddell. <laughs> Those are the three names I Love had. Love it again. Love it, Chuck. All right, Jared. Middleweights to you. 
Silva? This has to be Silva. Yeah, it can be Silva. Okay. All right. Now, this is going to be a weird pick for me. Never champion, but such a freaking beast. I got to go with him. Yoel Romero, just a monster. I'm picking Yoel here. Um, I can't believe I get to take Israel Adesanya with the third selection in, in the middleweight. What? Okay. Thank you. All right. Now, welterweights to you, Joe. Uh, George is APR. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, this is a good draft for me so far. I'm feeling it. I like this. All right, Joe. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go uh, Matt Hughes. Dominant. Dominant. Matt Hughes. Love it. Yeah, there's not a not a Sonya out there and for you. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest well and Matt Hughes just got picked. Hughes is off the board. Oh man. Like well it's tough. Like it's really GSP Hughes, and then that third one. DJ Penn. Okay. All right. And I don't expect on. him to go very far when the tournament starts. <laughs> but uh, I that's probably the the next best welterweight. If I'm. All right. You gonna double up with like BJ Penn at lightweight, Jared? Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll take Khabib. Oh, man. Joe, Khabib was not oh, going to be third. No, I thought he might. I thought. I just, some things have oh, worked out. What? <laughs> things, have, things have worked out is all I'm saying. He's, he's winning the tournament, too. That's the guy I like to win the tournament. All right. So, so far, I, I'm not going – with the most dominant. I'm not going with like the most championships. I'm going with the scariest people. And El Cucuy, the boogeyman in Spanish. I'm going Tony Ferguson with Ooh. my lightweight pick. Uh, I'm actually going to put BJ Penn here. He was actually 11 and three when he was a lightweight. He was actually uh, the, the best, uh, uh, part of his own entire career, he probably should have stayed there. But uh, yeah, BJ Penn, I'll take. All right, back to you, Joe, for featherweights. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then this is. Damn, I, I thought there was going to be an obvious number one. I'm not even going to go with my obvious number. I'm going to go Max Holloway, dude. Ooh, Only person not to beat him. Max nice. Holloway destroyed Jose Aldo, Aldo twice. Um, oh, I later. think my guy beat both of your guys, though. So what? That's fair. That is <laughs> fair. <laughs> uh, damn. Okay. Uh, Jared, back to you. Women's featherweights. Oh, women's feather. This uh this has gotta be Holly, right? You're picking Holly? 
Oh man, I you know Nunes. Yeah, it's Nunes. <laughs> just, uh, okay, I am going to pick. Love Holly there though. Come on, man. Honorable person. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna pick the person this weight class was made for in the UFC. Chris Cyborg. God. <laughs> this is fun. Oh, man. <sighs> I took notes, got notes here, and there's multiple names that were under consideration. Things were factored in, things were factored out. And then, and then for women's, literally, it's it just says Chris Cyborg. So uh, <laughs> I will throw, uh, I guess I'll take Holly Holmes here. All right. Didn't win the belt, but her that that fight with the random a was ridiculous that she didn't win that. That's ridiculous. Okay, but that's a whole different discussion. Back to you, Joe, for bantamweights to kick off round eight. Uh, gotta go with uh, Dominic Cruz. That's a good one. That, that was my number one. I'm gonna go. Um. Rep a little bit of my Mexican pride. I'm gonna take Henry Cejudo. Oh, Triple C. Current. Current. Peter Young. Damn. TJ Dillashaw did not get picked in Bantamweight. That's crazy. No, no, I had no, I had him on my I had him on my list. If I would have picked second, I probably would have taken him there. Honestly. And by the way you built it with a snake draft, am I first again here? Yeah, women's bantams. I'm winning all the women's brackets. <laughs> You're winning all the women's, women's brackets, brackets with one person. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, that is interesting. Uh, because yeah, uh, I did have uh, I did have Amanda there. Uh, yeah. Oh, word. I'm I, also, go. I also wrote you can have Amanda in really any of these, and you can't be wrong. Yeah. For me, I'm going to go the pioneer, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> I just found out my notes. I was like, my number two bantamweights. Ah, boy, oh, boy. This is great. I don't think I... um. He double up on Amanda. You want to double up on Holly? Holly Holmes it is. <laughs> All right. And then uh, fly weights to you, Joe. Demetrius Johnson. Oh, that was the easy one. All right. You... <laughs> yeah. 11 title defenses. Yeah, that's my guy. All right. Jared doubled up on Amanda. Joe doubled up on Holly. I'm going to double up on the triple C, Henry Cejudo. Oh. This is a tough one here, Jared. Yikes. Um, it's got to be Benavidez, doesn't it? Yeah. Or you could uh, go like you did with Bantams. Cruz on his way up. Hey, Figueredo, we don't know how good he is. Let's, I'll take current again. I have three current champions. <laughs> all oh, right, wait, five, at least five. Damn, I got all the current. Let's go, squad. We're ready now. 
Are you going to make that six with women's flyweight? Oh. That's, I mean, like Joe said, that can be Nunes at, at every at every class. She's never fought flyweight. She never fought flyweight. Ah, yeah. I think it, um, jeez, man. I wish I picked third. I'd say Thug Rose. Yeah, give me Shevchenko. Okay. I'll take I'm going to go. The, there's I'm only ever. Yeah, that's what I'm taking at number two. Yoana champion. Yoana Janjacek. Now, Joe, dude, this has to be the hardest spot in the whole. The newest division. And you got to pick third. Yeah, great. I'll take Jessica <laughs> Andrade. Oh, yeah, a little okay. Andrade right up in there. That's all right. I'm okay. I'd, I mean, I'll take a rose there. No, I do love me some rose, but she has been getting a little beat up lately. Well, are you going to take a rose in the twelfth and final round with women's straw weight to you, Joe? Um, actually, no. I am taking uh, Johanna Jeff Fresh Chef Chef. <laughs> <laughs> How you say it? Great chef. Yeah. <laughs> lock, lock. Yeah, that, uh, I'm like obviously a huge fan I, of hers. I you believe can see. it's like it's like Asian currency. Try to follow me here, Joe. Asian currency. The first letter of my name. Right. And Czech, like Czech Republic. Yen J Czech. Yen J Czech. Yen J Czech. Young Jay That's Chuck. how I pronounce it, anyways. Yeah, Johanna Jay Chuck. I love it. Johanna. Johanna. Um, yeah, the, the, that's the easy first pick. Uh, then I'm gonna go. Yeah, it's the first one that came one up on Google. Person, the one person that she could never beat. Thug Rose. Thug Rose. Thug Rose. Let's go. I'll take it. I'll take current again. Zang Willie. I'll take current. I have all the current UFC champions ready. We're ready. Did I take did I really take all of the that's it's weird how that worked out? Because there were yeah, a this, lot of this, times I wouldn't have. This just dropped really, really nicely in your lap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice how at first it was all dudes? It's like he had it set up. It was all dudes, and then it went. It started as soon as I got to go. It started alter alternating. <laughs> yeah, snake. That's the snake. Oh, no, I got. Oh, I saw the snake. <laughs> I saw the snake. Uh, so I, I will put out after this show. We'll put out a graphic, and we'll reach out to all the fans to see who. Won the draft, and it's probably gonna be me. I'll let you know that right now. It's gonna be me. Okay, people know who the real champ is. I mean, I have six C's in my championship, <laughs> triple C twice. Just do math. I want to say half the names that are on my list, I didn't get to pick. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I I went a lot of twos and threes, and in at least one case, I had to actually go right off the. wasn't even wasn't even in the notes. Didn't have enough. <laughs> Didn't have enough. Yep. Had two names. You guys said them both. Bullpen. Need a bullpen. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk. Move on to the preview. This week's fights. Starting off with the UFC. Lightweights, the 12th ranked welterweight, Rafael Dos Santos, takes on the 7th ranked lightweight uh, competitor, Paul Felder, after he steps in on five days' notice after Islam Makachev uh, had to pull out due to a staff infection. Jared, what are your thoughts going into this fight? It sounds like a verb for when somebody gets brain damage. Felder. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so this what what Felder's doing is really hard to do. Uh, I wish him all the luck in the world. I, I'll be rooting for him. Um, <clears throat> five days notice. Yikes. Yeah, I hope I hope Felder can pull this off for sure. I hope I hope he and nobody Felder in his camp. Oh my goodness gracious, that is great. Um, I like Dos Anjos, uh, very aggressive, high-volume striking southpaw. Uh, he likes to take people down. He's a high-level black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, comes out in the Muay Thai stance. Uh, left kick to the body, the the right hook to the head, that's the bread and butter. He's got a really great grounded pound, uh, but he's lost three of his last four. He beat Robbie Lawler in December of 2017. Then he lost a couple fights to uh, Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman. Then he submitted Kevin Lee uh, and then dropped decisions to Leon Edwards and Michael Chiesa in January of this year. He's got a great resume. He's beaten Donald Cerrone twice, Nate Diaz, Benson Henderson, and Anthony Pettis. And the people he's lost to, even more impressive. Uh, Clay Guida, Khabib, Betty Alvarez, Tony Ferguson, and Jeremy Stevens. Uh, Dos Anjos has fought everybody and has a really like mixed record against those guys. But that's what I love about this sport. Uh, but you hit the nail on the head, Jared. Uh, what the Irish Dragon is doing uh, is amazing to come in on short notice, five days notice. Um, he fought uh, Dan Hooker, who um, I love. You guys like Dan Hooker? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get such a Side kick out fire. of him. Uh, a, a split decision loss for Felder, and after the fight, basically was like, yeah, I think I'm done. And then he was like, well, I'm not really done. I think I'm just going to pick things that entice me. And uh, on five days' notice, apparently Dos Anjos has enticed him enough. Um, I am so looking forward to this fight. Here's the thing about Felder, dude. Ten knockouts. I mean, Felder can knock you out. Um, but I think, I think... If he can, if he can get on top of Dos Anjos and drop the elbows, I think he could see some magic. I wouldn't be surprised if Felder. I don't say wins the fight. I think it'll be close. I really do. I I would be shocked if if Felder gets knocked out here. Uh, Is a tough guy, but we'll see. We'll see which we gotta see which Dos Anjos shows up for this fight. Because some Dos Anjos will show up and he'll dominate and destroy. 
And then in others, it's a little more lackluster. Loses focus, yeah. And I, I have to wonder days. if, you know, <laughs> listen, you've, you've been training for, for Islam and, and now you're fighting Felder. I, I just wonder what kind of, you know, is that going to affect his effort? And if it does, it certainly sets him up, uh, you know, for a possible upset, not to mention. And even though he's not necessarily super active, Felder obviously is, is ranked much higher uh, than Dos Anjos. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, I expect Felder to bring all he has and give Dos Anjos a fight. But the thing with Dos Anjos is he's coming back down to lightweight. He was the champion at lightweight. He had knockout power at lightweight. So I am really interested to see what uh, how this goes for him. I, I know when, uh, when Cowboy... He had a stint at welterweight, and then he did, wanted to come back down to lightweight. He said because he felt like he had to take it more seriously because he had to make the weight, and he just felt like he had to take it more seriously. He couldn't, like, mess around because of the weight cut. Maybe that's something Dos Anjos needs because he hasn't been finding a lot of success at uh, welterweight. Maybe he does need to take it more seriously, and then he can come in – He who knows? He might still have that power that he couldn't. He didn't have it at welterweight, but he definitely had it at lightweight. So I'm very intrigued by this fight. I think it will be a really, really good fight. But I, I, I'm kind of afraid to pick it because I, I don't know. Like Dos Anjos, I, I've seen welterweight Dos Anjos. I've seen lightweight Dos Anjos. But lightweight Dos Anjos was so far in the past. We don't know how that's going to translate. I'm and taking then, Felder because I trust him. I'm taking Felder because I trust that if he took this fight on five days' notice, he is ready to bang, and he's going to show up. And I can't say the same without beyond a shadow of a doubt for Dos Anjos because I've seen him not show up before. I'm going to throw something out there that could slightly alter your thoughts. Felder was 20 pounds overweight three days ago. And so obviously he has like to make a massive weight cut here to get down where he needs to be. So that's all. I would just be a little concerned about that. Oh, I'm okay but with again, that. I'm with you. I trust Felder more in this fight. I really do. I don't know that he's going to win it, but I feel like I know what kind of performance he's going to put on. Yeah. His, his, he's consistent. And so yeah, yeah. This, this to me, this is uh, Dos Anjos' uh, fight to win or lose. Because uh, Felder's going to give you the Felder effort, and it, it, it's all going to depend on what his opponent brings. No, yeah, you're right. It, I expect this to go to a decision regardless, and I don't know who's going to win. But say Dos Anjos does, with him being back at lightweight, he finds his power again and knocks Paul Felder out early in the round. How much of a competitor is he at this lightweight division? I think we've seen the best. I think his best days are behind him. Okay. It, I, I mean, I would, I would love to. I would have to see like a highlight reel early knockout to be like, all right, now well, let's get a little momentum going. Because, like I said, you come into this fight and and things really haven't been going great for you lately. So. You're getting a replacement fighter five days out. Everybody's watching, dude. You better, you better be focused, and you you better bring it, man. Yeah. All right. 
Now let's go from the cage to the ring. As Joey spoke a little bit about earlier, WBO welterweight champ Terrence Crawford takes on Kel Brook. Jared, what do you think? Uh, look, I like Crawford. I like Bud Crawford all day here. Um, I hope he hasn't taken Brook lightly. Um, Kel Brook beat Sean Porter. He was ahead of Triple G on some scored cards. And uh, heading into the eighth round against Spence, who took over the fight late, he was ahead, uh, according to the judges there that night. So this is a guy that's definitely capable of winning rounds against the best fighters in the world. I think Bud Crawford is one of those, and I don't expect him to get a win here. But uh, it, it might be competitive in spots where people didn't think it would be. Bud Crawford is my number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in boxing right now. He's got the speed. He's got the ring IQ, great punching power, fantastic counter-punching ability. Uh, he became the first guy since Jermaine Taylor in 2005 to hold the four uh, world titles uh, simultaneously. 36 wins, 27 knockouts, including each of his last five fights, by the way. Great numbers, Joe, but you're admitting you may have to change that name twice in the course of a calendar month. Just oh, saying. Just my throwing God. that out there. You're hilarious. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kel Brook, no pushover by any means. 27 wins, uh, uh, 27 knockouts in, the, in his 37, uh, 39 fights, by the way. Only two losses you mentioned, uh, Triple G, Errol Spence, uh, had his eye socket broken in, in both of those fights. However, and won rounds in both fights. Yeah, certainly. Look, I, 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 I went back and watched both fights this week. So I really wanted to understand. I really wanted to understand because he's such a great fighter. But again, when I talk about those guys, guys that could beat Sean Porter, uh, Sean Porter or, or, or Mark DeLuca, really good fighters, could whoop anybody else in that division. You get to the Bud Crawfords, though, and I think that's where like a guy like Special K runs into trouble and, and it occurred to me in this fight that Kel was against both Spence and Triple G working the body like he does but just getting clobbered in the face over and over and over again and that's why his eye socket got broken in both of those fights because the two best two of the best guys in his division just can this is the this is the fight I saw. Like I talked to to my brother about this uh, at great length. He really likes Kel Brook. He's a, obviously a big Bud Crawford guy. But I said to him, I was like, dude, I'm watching this fight, and all I'm thinking is, is he does such a great job going to the body, but get your hands up, stop getting hit in the face all the time. Hmm. You know, again, we talked last week when 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 I was talking about Tank Davis. You're not you're not throwing that big. Sweeping, le le that's not going to land on a championship oh, boxer. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> so this is my point. I mean, if you're Cal Brook and you're winning some rounds and you're working the body, stop getting hit in the face. See, Everybody notices when you're getting hit in the face. Dude, you could work my body all day. If the round ends and you've got a black eye, I won the round. That's how people see it. <laughs> This goes so, back to what you said earlier, though. Getting hit in the face is uh, you're not getting hit in the face is some more important to some people than it is to others. Yeah, you know my my boy uh, Buju Justin Hayes. Uh, he that's how he used to fight. He put his hands in his pockets, 
lean back and kind of stick his chin out. And he, when you start punching him, you know, he could like, he could, he could do most of what he did with his eyes closed because a button right here that make his hand. (laughs) (laughs) You're hitting me. That means you're close enough to get hit. That's a style. It's, it's not a good one. Also, listen, if you're getting your face punched into the point where your 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 bones are literally cracking back into your brain, I don't know, switch up your stance. <laughs> Can you how hit the left side of my face for a while? I would much prefer this over what is currently happening to me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as the way this fight goes, uh, think of the Amir Khan-Bud Crawford fight. I think this one's going to go a lot like that one, which is interesting because uh, Khan and, and Brooke have been dancing for like five years uh, talking about getting together. And so now he'll get a chance to see uh, what is what is uh, rival Khan uh, face. But that's kind of how I see this one going. Bud, Bud wins this one going away. No problem. No. Yeah. But yeah. Bud Crawford wins this. The only real way I, I see Brooke possibly winning is like an early round knockout crawford he is very yo better question than who's gonna win will will uh will kel brook win around what's the over under on his what's the over under on on rounds for kel brook i i think kel brook can win around bud crawford's very calculated he likes to feel out his opponent in the early rounds so I, I think Kel Brook's best chance, if he wants to get a knockout, is in the early rounds. If he wants to win rounds, it's in the early rounds. While Crawford's still trying to figure him out, still trying to figure out what he wants to do. Because so once you get are, past, how many rounds are you giving Brook? I like three. I like that, Joe. No more than three. No more than three. No more than three. And again, it's and 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 I think it'll have be right. as much to do with Bud's strategy in the fight. Uh, than it does to do with Brooks' abilities. Yeah, I I would rather say less than three than more than three. So I'm with you. Yeah, this guy's a chess player, baby. So yeah. you know, Bud Bud Bud's gonna again. It's just a smart guy. The, maybe the most well-rounded boxer in the game. You whoever you want to be your 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 number one guy. I love Bud Crawford like as a human, as a person, as a smart boxer, as a strong fight. I mean, he's this guy's just got it all. Love you him. Know, you want to know who else has it all? Undisputed women's lightweight champion, Katie Taylor. She's taking on Miriam Gutierrez. Jared, ever since we started this show, this has been your girl. What do you think of this fight? That's still my girl. Uh, yeah, that's that's still my girl. You come back to me with this one for the flurry. Okay, I've got plans for this one. Um, well, I'll I'll take it from here then. Uh, obviously, look, uh, you, you know, Jared, I didn't realize you were such a big Katie Taylor fan. We, I don't think we've actually talked about her before. Uh, but I'm I am sure as well. A friend. No. Oh, no way. Really? Videos of I got Katie Taylor hitting the pads up here and then trends in the background hitting pads with Hector. I never showed you the pictures and videos. And, yeah, uh-uh. Katie Taylor. Oh, my God. Oh, she's awesome. She's an um, awesome, awesome person. What Katie Taylor's done for women's boxing mm-hmm. has been amazing. She's, I mean, Historic. at 34 years old, uh, you know, she really is the pride of Ireland. She was actually uh, ranked the greatest Irish athlete of her generation. 
Now, to be fair, to be fair, there's not a lot of great Irish athletes, generally (laughs) speaking, but this is pretty cool. Uh, you you might recall the boys football league over there though yeah boy i was gonna say i mean if you know anything about katie taylor i mean her background is like amazing she's um anything she went now you mentioned earlier i i told you um uh bud crawford one of one of the uh one of the eight people ever to hold all four belts katie done it katie done it too uh on a list with people like bernard hopkins and bud crawford yeah Girl, you're doing it right. Uh, absolutely for sure. Now, to be fair, her opponent is a Spanish boxer from Spain uh, who has held the WBA interim female lightweight title since 2019. Uh, she is ranked as the world's fifth best active female fighter by the ring. She has 13 wins, um, five knockouts. It seems a lot of decisions. She's actually a pretty decent boxer. Going to be a really fun fight going to be a really good matchup. It's nice to see 16 and 0, 13 and 0. This is the kind of fight Katie needs and I believe will dispatch of her um as she's done with the previous 16. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh Gutierrez, I think that's going to be a fairly tough test, but I I, I have faith in Taylor to get it done. She will get it done and really Katie Taylor, Clarissa Shields. Those are the faces of women's boxing. And uh, it's going to continue that way. It's going to continue yeah, that way. Close. Okay. All right. Now we're going to end the show like we always do. My man, Jared, hit me with that flurry. I told my wife, Erica, when we started dating that with uh, some hard work and minimal punishment to her body, she could likely become a world champion. And for one real good ass kicking, she could make some decent money in the sport of boxing. She was 22 years old, very, very attractive with above average athletic ability. Uh, Here's a clip from her only fight at Scrub Scraps 42. Young, hot, mildly athletic, only in the sport of boxing is that enough to make someone wildly successful for all of the reasons that I complain about on a weekly basis, like I said earlier, everybody's an undefeated world champion. Miriam Gutierrez set to fight Katie Taylor. She's ranked number five in the world by ring, like Joe said, number 11 in the world by box rec. But she made her professional debut at two th- in 2017, a month after she turned 34 years old. Through 13 fights, her opponent's combined record is 36, 42, and 10. Only four of her opponents have had winning records, and two of those were three and one. This is evidence of what I said to Erica. Good for you, Miriam, but this is that fight I talked about. This is that ass whooping where you make some good money. Unfortunately, the people closest to her are probably allowing her to live out this fantasy land and enjoying the ride while it lasts, a la Wilder, Rousey, and Ruiz, etc. But I hope someone has been honest with you. 
Miriam, as your career has progressed, as I was with my wife about her hypothetical career, because otherwise you're in for a very rude awakening. I hope you have people in your corner to help pick up the pieces after tonight's fight, whether you knew what was coming or not, because you're going to need the hugs and the support. And if you're a gambler, put the house on Katie Taylor. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you know what? You're a thousand percent right, Jared. Um, Gutierrez has never faced anybody in the class of Katie Taylor. And while 13, we talked about it, the 13 and 0 looks awesome. 13 and 0, 16 and 0, you're like, oh, two evenly matched fighters. I think you'll see quickly that will not be the case. Absolutely. Absolutely. Katie Taylor's on a totally different level. And this, this girl has a. Some amateur career. She made the Spanish Olympic team. You know, no medals. Uh, she was on the team a couple times, 2012, 2016. She's not, well, you know, it's not like she started at 37. I painted a, a picture for the flurry to, that because that was, I was making a point. But she actually started a little bit younger. You know, she got into it in her teenage years and and is, you know, a fairly decorated boxer. But she's in a completely different class. From Katie Taylor, you see two undefeated girls, 16 and 0, 13 and 0. One of them's holding three belts. One of them holds two belts. You don't know that those are the the uh, the Bridger weight titles that she had. Uh, uh, that was. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, she beat the Milkman and the uh, the uh, the 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 deli meat slicer lady. <laughs> on her debut and now she's undefeated and needs Jace, to fight Katie Taylor. This is what crazy. did you think? What did you think of Erica Jones's overhand right? Oh, gnarly. <laughs> right on, right? Yeah, yeah. You think she was tough in the ring? She's a pretty tough real estate client as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's badass inside and she outside is, of the uh, she's great. circle, for sure. She's great. Yes, yes, yes. Sure. Too bad you weren't able to cash in, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'd be your Mark Breeland, man. I got well, the towel, baby. This, this girl, this girl uh, Gutierrez, it was her fourth fight before she fought somebody who had win a fight. They were 0-12 before that. <laughs> I mean... I mean, so seriously, you take somebody that looks like my wife does, like I don't, a humble brag, you take someone that looks like she does and put her on posters and have her fighting subpar competition and she's the face of the event anyways and and who cares? And then that 13 and 0, you put her in with Katie Taylor, but it's it's the whole, it's Alan Green and Jadon Codrington. Please, if you have two minutes today, trust me, because the fight is is going to be the short part of what I'm asking you to do right now. <laughs> Watch Alan Green, ESPN, what Alan Green said prior to the Jadon Codrington fight, because I can't perfectly quote it, but it's along the lines of he's been living in a false reality, and it's going to come crumbling down when he faces Alan Green in the ring, and that's exactly what how he got his neck broken not exaggerating or or trying to embellish the story his neck was broken by alan green alan green jadon codron jadon Todrington, the chin checkers uh top real tough guy they him and him and curtis stevens curtis stevens obviously went much further without the broken neck than did jadon codrington but it was his 11 fight he was 10 and 0 with 10 knockouts 
Alan Green had a similar record, and one of them had the pedigree. One of them was the Katie Taylor in the fight, and the other one had no idea what they were getting into and was fed all of this bullshit by the people around them to believe that they were the batter dude in the ring that night. If Gutierrez, if anybody close to her isn't going, well, it's been a good run, then they're delusional. And as uh, as 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 uh, Wilder has proven to us, it's very possible for that stardom to make you delusional over time. You want to know what's crazy is WWE Wilder. has yes yes yes, <laughs> but WWE has moved on from their like divas era where it was all about looks, and if you look good, you were going to get a belt eventually. But boxing hasn't. If you look good and you have a couple wins, you can fight for a belt. And really, it's only Clarissa Shields and Katie Taylor. WWE had the women's evolution a couple years ago where they brought in the, – the, it was all about the women's ability in the ring, not the looks. But now bo- boxing still is – there are obviously Clarissa Shields, Katie Taylor, and then everyone else is – there's some okay guys. There's some women who's just a step below, but then there's a lot that look good and have good records, but well, they are the nowhere near. The fight game is the only place you cannot sage nork cut in bas- basketball or football or baseball or hockey or soccer or any other sport. You can't Gina Carano. <laughs> you can't. It doesn't. It doesn't. You. It doesn't work. It only works in the fight game because you can cherry pick. But think about just think about like the people who end up transcending a sport, like people like Tom Brady and Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, Mike Tyson, right? Ronda Rousey, Paige Van Zandt. They're how far are we gonna go? Oh, they're they're pleasant enough people to look at. It's a visual medium. Look, it applies as much to the guys as it does to the women, and and it it, it does. And and I'm sure he's my favorite to throw into this conversation because he's, you know, I'm not gay, but I'm not blind either. He's a good looking dude. And uh, I think a lot of the fanfare and extra and even fights that he got and extra chances were based on what he looked like more than what he was actually producing in the fights. I look at somebody like Daniel Cormier. <laughs> doesn't he? I love Daniel He's Cormier. Doesn't look like a champion. No, that doesn't look like the champion of the world He's not to me. You cast for that role, Jeff. and then when, when I, I'm like, wait, I, I, oh, we were talking. I think it was you and I, Jared, that he beat somebody um, uh, in the in the light heavyweight division, and I was like, how did he get down the light heavyweight? I don't want. He really carries that body well, doesn't he? I love Cormier. I'm not making fun of him, but just he doesn't look like what you would. He doesn't look like the guy you would build the sport around. No. And, and, uh, you know, it sucks. But unfortunately, there is a certain degree of marketing that goes into these sports. So if you're handsome and you're amazing, I know I did point at my own handsome face because I'm also a little bit arrogant. <laughs> but when you have when you have the combination, you know, I tell that I ever need a pickup line again, Joe. Handsome and amazing. <laughs> <That's> amazing. 
you know, there, there, there is, there's just something to that. And, and, and it's unfortunate because, you know, I think maybe the best part of this quarantine is if you have nice eyes, baby, you have a chance. <laughs> Al from Home Improvement. No, no, right. Oh, that was good. That was great. Uh, that's going to be it for the show. Thank you guys for watching uh, and listening. Make sure you follow us. Like us on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. And as always, Throwing Jabs is a CMG podcast. Come on, join the CMG Podcast Network if you're look, interested in starting your own podcast. If not, and you just need content, uh, go to clovercrestmedia.com. Check out one of the 30 uh, different podcasts that they have there. And thank you guys for watching and listening. And we hope to see you next time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.